Welcome to Gateway's podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Don Brock. For more information about Gateway, please visit www.gatewaybc.com. We're on a journey this week that takes us to the cross on Friday and to an empty tomb on Sunday. And Jesus went on a journey this last week. And probably the thing that really got everybody's attention was what happened in a little village right outside of Jerusalem called Bethany. And as Jesus began his journey to the cross, And eventually would say, and when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. So I want us to begin by looking at this journey with the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Now this man named Lazarus was sick. He he was a good friend of Jesus. Not just a friend. He was a good friend. They apparently had a special relationship. He had two sisters, Mary and Martha, and you've heard about them. And and, uh, later on, Mary's going to be the one that pours this expensive perfume. This this perfume was was about three-fourths of a pound of perfume, and it cost over 300 denarii. Denarii were a, a, a day's wage for a common laborer. And you, you couldn't be paid on the Sabbath and you couldn't be paid on any holy day. So 300 denarii was basically a year's salary. And she would take that and anoint Jesus' feet, not knowing that she was actually anointing him for his death. That's who this Mary is. And so the two sisters, they sent word to Jesus that his dear friend Lazarus was sick. Now, when Jesus was told this, here's what Jesus said. Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. Now, as soon as you read that, you want to go, oh, wait a minute. He does die. But Jesus said it will not end in death. He didn't say death is not a part of the sentence. He basically was saying death's in the middle of this story, but it's not the end of the story. And it's kind of like for you and me, death is going to be a part of our story, but it's not the end of the story. And so Jesus said his his sickness is not going to end in death. No, it's happening For the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. In fact, Jesus would say many times, it's all about the glory of God. It's all about that. I wonder, when you're facing your stuff, if you would begin by saying, God, let this be for your glory. This thing I'm going through, this illness I'm dealing with, this situation that's happening, let it be for your glory. 
Use it for your glory. That's the kind of prayer that uh, gets God's attention. Because the Bible says when God finds somebody whose heart belongs to him, he will strongly invade that situation with his presence and support you. Now, here this request came about a very dear friend. And Mary and Martha, they, they knew that they, they, were, they were part of the story when Jesus healed the centurion's servant from a distance. And so they knew that Jesus just had to say the word and their brother would be well. <clears throat> and, but Jesus did the unexpected. He just kind of took a couple of days off. You would think when you hear about a dear friend who's in crisis, you would immediately want to rush to their side to be there with them. But Jesus did just the opposite because he already saw the bigger picture of what the father was doing. And uh, finally, after a couple of days, he said, all right, let's go back uh, to Judea. And his disciples said, Jesus, only a few days ago, they were trying to stone you there. They were trying to kill you. And you want to go back? And Jesus said, well, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I'm going to go and wake him up. And the disciples, who never seemed to get it, well, if he's only sleeping, he's going to get better, right? <laughs> and finally... Jesus had to tell them plainly because they just had, I'm sure he carried a two by four around with him every once in a while and just wanted to hit them with it. But he finally just said, no, Lazarus is dead. You guys have been around me long enough. You ought to be picking up on this stuff. And they said, Lazarus is dead. And he said, and for your sakes, for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. <clears throat> For now, you will really believe. I, I know you struggle with your belief sometimes. I know you don't get it sometimes. But I'm telling you, about what's, about what's getting ready to happen, it's to help you in your belief. <clears throat> and Thomas he said, all right, guys, I mean, these disciples, they, they always wanted to one-up each other and be the big guy. And Thomas said, all right, guys, let's go die with Jesus. Now, it's, I find it interesting that when Jesus actually did die on the cross, where was Thomas? Oh, they were hiding. They ran and hid. Where, where's that brave talk now, Thomas? <laughs> And even then, you, you wouldn't believe that it was Jesus unless you actually put your fingers in the wound in his side and in his hands. Those disciples sometimes are big talk, kind of like us Christians. We can be big talk until things get tough. It's easy to have faith when everything's great, right? But when things are tough, what happens to our faith then? And so Jesus arrived just right outside of Bethany. 
And he was told that Lazarus had already been buried. You know, when back then when somebody died, they would bury him that day. And they told him Lazarus has already been in the grave for four days. Now, they, they had this tradition. There's no biblical basis for it. They believed that when somebody was buried, that the spirit of that person would hover around the grave for three days trying to get entrance back into the body. And then by the fourth day, the spirit was gone. And, um, and then also by the fourth day, there's no doubt that the person was dead and the odor of decay from the body decaying, decomposing would start being a real problem. And so when... Jesus was just a few miles down the road. Bethany was just a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. But, and Jesus right outside of Bethany. Martha heard that he was there and she um, went to meet him. And then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only, if only you had been here. I, I wonder how many times we say that to God. Lord, if only. You had answered my prayers the way I asked them. Lord, if only you had done this or done that. If only. Uh, you know, a lot of times we pray that way when things don't make sense and we wonder where God is in all this and we wonder why didn't God do this or do that. And, and we just say, if only, if only. We, we say that to God. And Mary and Martha, I, <clears throat> I think they were trying everything they could within themselves to truly believe and trust Jesus. But their emotional side was coming out, and that's really okay. It's okay to ask those doubting questions of God. And Jesus said to her, your brother, Lazarus, he's, he's going to rise again. Now, Martha kind of wanted to help Jesus and give him an out here. Oh, I, I know that. I, I know that one day everybody's going to raise from the dead and, and we're all going to be taken up to heaven. I know that. And, and, you know, she was trying to make sense of what he was saying and trying to understand what he was saying. So she assumed that he was talking about the final resurrection when everybody raises from the dead and everybody goes up to heaven that's a believer. And, and then Jesus said something very, very important. I mean, the closer Jesus got to the cross, the more specific he became about who he was. And listen to what he said. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Wow. That, that did not fit into the Jewish theology. Jesus said, everyone who believes lives in me and believes in me, Jesus went on to say, will never die. They will never, ever die. Now, wait a minute. How is that possible? I mean, Lazarus is dead. Been dead for four days. Christians die. Every day, Christians die. 
Well, I guess Jesus is actually changing the definition of death. And he's kind of explaining some things to us. You see, yeah, your life on its time frame has got death in that timeline somewhere. But it's just a little blip on the screen. And according to Jesus, you really don't die. Your body does, but not you. And so even though death is on your timeline, it's not the end of your timeline. Even though death is part of the equation, it's not the final answer. And so Jesus is saying, hey, if you're a believer, a follower of me, you will never die. Your body will, but you will never die. You will come directly to heaven immediately. So in a way, based on Jesus' words, a Christian never tastes of the death of the soul, of the spirit. And I, for one, will be more than happy to give this body up. And then the real me, go and be with Jesus. Now, she said to Jesus, I've always believed you are the Messiah. I always have believed that you're the Son of God. I've always believed that. And I believe that you're the one that came into the world, that you came here from God. And then Martha returned to Mary, and Mary was, she called her aside from all the mourners. See, back then when somebody died, you actually hired people to come and play flutes and people to mourn. You had these professional mourners. And, um, and they would come and they would wail and weep. On behalf of the family. Why? I don't know. But you, you hired these people to come and, and do this. And, and the more wealthy you were, the more you would hire. And, and so these mourners were there. And, and, and Martha told Mary that Jesus is here and he wants to see you. And so Mary immediately went to him. And Jesus stayed outside the village, the place where he and Martha met. And... Um, all the mourners saw her get up and they assumed that she was going to the grave and that was their cue to get up and follow her with their chorus of mourning and moaning and whatever they did. And they were following her to the grave, but that's not where she went. She went to Jesus. So they were all there together. And um, when she saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and what did she say? The same thing Martha said. Lord, if only. If only. If only you had been here. Some of you are having if only moments right now in your life. You're in a situation and you don't understand it. And you're wondering, God, if only you would show up. God, if only you would answer my prayers. God, if only you would fix this. God, if only you would tell me what to do. And you're having an if only moment right now, and, and it's a struggle. It stretches you, and, and it's hard to understand. And when Jesus saw her weeping, 
and saw the other people wailing, Jesus had a deep anger well up in him. And he was deeply troubled. We don't know exactly why. He doesn't tell us. Maybe it was because these are people of faith and they're acting like pagans with all this wailing and weeping. They're, they're acting like pagans. I mean, I, I want to tell you, every time I do the, a funeral of a Christian, I, I make a statement. I said, this is a celebration. Yes, we are sad. And yes, we're brokenhearted. But we're celebrating our brother, our sister in the Lord is now with Jesus. And we're almost jealous and envious of that. And Jesus said, you guys are acting like pagans. Maybe that's what his anger was. I don't know. Maybe his mind went all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Oh, he was there, you know. I mean, he created the place. He made the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He created the animals. and Maybe his mind went all the way back there. And his anger at sin. And what it had done to the human race. His anger at the evil one. For tempting man. Maybe that's what his anger was. I don't know. Maybe he was just angry at how sin had caused so much havoc. In fact, sin is why there was death. When God made Adam and Eve, they were never meant to die. They were given bodies that would live forever. But that's why God said, if you... If you sin, you're going to die. Otherwise, and, and it really, even that was a blessing because if he did not have that call on their, you know, the, the result, the consequence of their sin, then they would have had to live in sin for eternity. So really, death is a blessed thing. I'm glad I don't have to live in this sinful body for eternity. So I, maybe that's what Jesus was angry at. The people standing by, they looked at Jesus and said, look at how much he loved him. And other people said, hey, he healed a blind man. Why couldn't he keep Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry when they got back to the tomb, when they got to the tomb. He, he, was, he was still mad. And he said, roll back the stone. You know what's interesting about this tomb? Jesus is on the outside looking at that stone covering that tomb. In just a week, he's going to be on the other side. Except he won't call on anybody to help him to roll the stone back. So Jesus said, roll back the stone. And boy, Mary and Martha got really upset about that one. Jesus, you're about to humiliate us. I mean, it's, the smell's going to be awful. 
And, and they were correct. It would be. Except they didn't know what was about to happen. And so they rolled back the stone. And in fact, Jesus responded to them first and said, didn't I tell you you would see God's glory if you believed? Didn't I tell you that? In fact, is Jesus saying that to you right now? Didn't I tell you I will never leave you or forsake you? Didn't I tell you I hear all of your prayers? Didn't I tell you that if you trusted me, I'll bring glory to my Father through your life? Didn't I tell you I know everything that's going on? Didn't I tell you I'll give you what you need when you need it? I will always give you what you need to get through whatever you go through. Always. Didn't I tell you that? He's told us that. And Jesus said, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you will see God's glory? Then Jesus looked up into the heaven and he said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Jesus, a lot of times, did not pray out loud. In fact, he taught the opposite. He said, you know, pray in your closet. And he would go out in the wilderness and he'd pray alone. And, and even in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, on this coming up Thursday night, he was going to pray in the deepest part of his garden without his disciples. He left them at different spots in the garden. But here he's praying out loud so that everybody will know. And then three words. Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. His hands, his feet were bound in grave clothes. His face wrapped with a headcloth. Now, how in the world did he come out? How did he walk out if his feet were all wrapped up and tied up? Here's my possible thought. <clears throat> that when Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth... I believe Jesus, that in that moment, Lazarus went straight up. I believe he floated into the presence of Jesus. Now, some of you are sitting there going, he floated? Really? You believe that? He just rose from the dead. You got a problem with him floating? <laughs> really? I mean, his feet are bound, so he wasn't walking, and nobody was going to touch him because you don't touch a dead body. You, you just didn't do that. <clears throat> and so he rose, and however he got in front of Jesus, he stood in front of Jesus, alive. And I want to tell you, that is a beautiful picture of what happened to you the day you got saved. You were in your stinking grave in your sin. 
You are surrounded by the odor of death of your sin. Things that repulse holy God, you wrapped yourself up in that stuff. And when Jesus called you out and you said yes to Jesus, you came out of your death spiritually and you stood before holy Jesus alive raised from your spiritual death. And then Jesus said something very important that's a good lesson for the church today. Jesus said, unwrap the death cloths. Take off the cloths that bind him. When somebody comes from death to life, from sin to forgiveness... They still are wrapped up in that sin. And the church's job is to help them take that cloth off. To help heal them. To restore them. Listen, if you ever tell somebody, get your act together, then you can come to church. You are speaking a lie from the pit of hell to that person. Jesus says, you come just as you are and let the church help take off those grave clothes. We will help you get that out off of you. We're here to support you, to love you, to care for you. We're not here to judge you because the judge of the universe has set you free. And we're here to help enforce that freedom. That's what we do. That's what the church does. So I wonder who's in your sphere of influence right now that God wants you to help them take off their death clothes and to set them free and set them free from that. You know, Easter's one of the easiest times in the world to invite somebody to church. I don't know what it is, but there's just something in people that says, oh, it's Easter, I should go to church. Right? If you don't believe me, just be here next Sunday and see if you can find a seat. (laughs) And maybe next Sunday, God wants you to bring that friend who's either far from Jesus or is getting close to Jesus so that they can hear how much Jesus loves them. And it wants to set them free from all that they're dealing with. But if only. Today, I want to encourage you to get rid of your if only questions to God. And say, God, I'm trusting you that you're going to bring glory to your life. You're going to bring honor to your life. You're going to be glor- bring glory to your name. What, no, whatever I go through, whatever I, I am dealing with right now, I know you've already promised you're going to get me through it. You're going to get me through it. Now, a lot of people who saw Lazarus raised from the dead turned to Jesus that day. But some didn't. Can you imagine that? 
Some hightailed it to the Pharisees, the religious guys, and, and, and to report on Jesus. And you know what their conclusion was? Get this. You would think common sense would say, Jesus just raised this guy from the dead and it wasn't in secret. I mean, there are hundreds of witnesses. Maybe Jesus is who he said he was. Instead, they said, we got to get rid of Jesus. And we probably should get rid of Lazarus too. They said, we need to kill Jesus and we probably should go ahead and kill Lazarus because many believe in Jesus because of him. What kind of dumb thinking is that? And yet that's the way they were thinking because sin makes you stupid, right? Sin will make you dumb every time. And that's what was happening. They were, oh, they were so ignorant that when truth is staring them in the face, well, we're going to get rid of this problem. I don't think it worked out too well for them. There was another Lazarus who um, was a poor guy. And there was a rich guy. And Jesus told this story. Some say it was a parable. I don't think it was because he used a name. He called him Lazarus. And, and so I think it was a true event. And so they both died. Lazarus went to heaven. The rich guy went to hell. And the rich guy, not rich anymore, by the way, saw up into heaven and he saw Lazarus being comforted. And he begged for Lazarus to be able to come and give him some water because he was in such torment and said, sorry, you can't do that. There's a great gulf between us and nobody crosses it. Later, he eventually said, well, send Lazarus back to tell my brothers so they won't come to this same place. And what was said from heaven was, even if someone were to raise from the dead, they still will not believe. Shows you how perverted the human heart is. How warped the human mind is. So even if Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, and even when Jesus rose from the dead, there are people who saw Jesus over those 40 days after his resurrection, and they still didn't believe. Maybe you should begin today by simply saying, Lord, thank you that you gave me the opportunity to believe. Thank you for saving me from myself and my ignorance and my self-centeredness. Thank you. Thank you. So what is your if only that you want to get rid of today? that you need to stop saying. Let's pray.